You're listening to another Mariners podcast by the fans and for the fans with news and views on the Claret and Blues. Yeah, no one, man. Have a listen. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of the Mariners podcast. Not one we would ideally want to be carrying out at this stage of a campaign. Ideally, we'd be like to, we would like to talk about nothing else but football. Um, but of course, with what's going on in the world, we ain't got any football to talk about at our level. So, um, to hopefully plug something of a gap, if you like, um, we're absolutely delighted to be able to bring you um, a very special edition. Um, we're delighted to be able to welcome none other than South Shields Chief Executive Lee Picton. So, good evening, Lee. How are you? I'm very well, Chris. I'm delighted to be a gap filler tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll do our level best as a threesome to, should I say a trio, uh, <laughs> to uh, to plug that gap because I've got none other than Ronnie Pete alongside me as well. Ronnie, how are you, mate? I'm doing all right. I can't even remember the last time we did a podcast. It's that long ago. Sad, isn't it? I can't remember at all. Uh, really have no recollection. FA, FA Cup, I think. Was it pre-FA Cup? After the FA Cup. After? Really? You know, um, when Briggsy scored, it were yeah on, uh, on like cloud nine yeah yeah uh, yeah uh, so yeah no i'm doing all right chris uh ups and downs like probably everyone mm-hmm. like after a year of lockdown but uh no it's good to, it's good to be back on the pod yeah have to say really this is at lee's not insistence but this was your idea lee so we're absolutely delighted to be able to fulfill this for you really because clearly the club have been i think you, it would be fair to say the club have been purposely quiet um, in the interim, but now, of course, it's with what's you know with what's going on with the announcement tonight from um, the FA and probably Lee. Is, is it fair to say that the club are now in a position where they want to just kind of up the ante in terms of exposure and 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 getting involved with with fans and and all stakeholders again? Yeah, no, I think that's that, that's definitely fair to say, Chris. Um, you know, I think we've used this time, as I've as I've mentioned in in my piece last week on the website, we've tried to use this time productively um, to as an opportunity, really, um, to reflect massively on on where we're at as a club, and to you know try and put the wheels in motion to to pick out you know pretty much every element of what we do across the club and to, uh, with a with a an overarching aim to try and improve everything that that we do moving forwards. So there's been a lot, you know, lots of conversations, lots of thoughts, lots of ideas um, across the staff and and other stakeholders within the club. And um, I've really, really, you know, Ronnie mentioned obviously there's been challenges for everybody over the over well, a long period now, but. Since I've changed my role at the club, I've, I've, I've really, really enjoyed the, the challenge personally, but also the process that I've been involved in in, in really picking apart uh, many, many aspects of what we do at the club. Which brings us on to a, a very good question. Uh, the first question of this evening, we, we, we've asked fans on various platforms to send us questions in. We've got a good selection of questions. So a big thank you to all fans who have sent the questions to us. I think everyone who has sent a question, we'll have it asked and answered this evening. 
Um, so a big, big thanks from Ronnie and myself for that. Uh, first of all, a question from Andy Gardner, just following on from what you just said, Lee. So um, from Andy, um, Lee, how have you settled into your new role? And do you think you'll miss the coaching and management side of things moving on? Yeah, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, in my, in my personal life and around the club have asked me that question, you know, will I miss the coaching? And I think, you know, undoubtedly I will, um, because it's been such a big part of my life for such a long time. And it's always been something that I've really, really enjoyed. I've been massively passionate about. But to be honest with you, because of our lack of football at the club over the last three months, I haven't really had much of an opportunity to miss it. And I've, you know, thoroughly had my focus and energy, um, you know, you know, elsewhere. And um, I've up until this point, it's it's. Uh, I'm, I'm sure when we get back to to Mariners Park or First Cloud Arena, and 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 we've got three and a half thousand people coming every week. <laughs> <laughs> um then you know the will undoubtedly be uh you know there'll be some mixed emotions there but at the same time um you know i'm i'm, I'm hopefully going to get my satisfaction my fix if you like from uh from hopefully seeing some of the things i'm trying to coordinate at the club come to fruition and to see hopefully the enjoyment that it brings to to everybody um, both on and off the pitch. And in terms of settling in, I, I suppose with it being a new role for you, 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 you would have no idea what you would feel like in terms of settling in, but I guess you've, you've enjoyed it. Um, yeah. it's, it's, been, it's, it's been a challenge without a shadow, a shadow of a doubt. You know, you know on, on paper, um, it was, you know, a bold move by, by Jeff, um, particularly in terms of appointing me as chief exec because I've got no real experience of this type of this type of role. Um, I mean, you could argue that, you know, possibly, you know, an individual's skill set and is probably more, more important. Well, you know, experience is obviously very, very important and I'm trying to learn really fast and I'm, I've definitely been out of my comfort zone in many many different ways since uh, since taking on the role um but you know again i'm thankful really thankful to to jeff for, for giving me this opportunity um without without sounding you know funny about it i really believe that i can do a, a really good job for everybody at the club um I've, I've, you know, I've always had that belief in myself and whatever that whatever I do, that I'll that I'll do a good job. I'll give it my best, and um, and, uh, and and hopefully people see see some positive, you know, changes, you know, around all aspects of the club in the in the coming months and, and hopefully years. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's been a it's been a massive learning curve for me. Um, I really believe it's helped me to grow in lots of ways in a short period of time uh, as a person. And um, yeah, it's it, it, I, I see it as a, as a really, really positive change. Really good. And that brings us on to a second question. Ronnie, you've got a question from Darren Tinmouth. Yeah, Darren Tinmouth, a massive um, friend of the show. Yeah, of course. It's a similar question to to the last one, really, apart from just a little bit 
uh, more detail. So Darren wants to know what your level of input is going to be regards to the first team in academy. Okay, so um, no, it's a good, it's a good question. Uh, I think you know, obviously, myself and Graham had had some some big conversations, you know, in around the the, the time where I decided to make the, the the change in terms of of what I do, and, and Graham obviously then becoming sole manager of the of the first team, and you know, I, I was really clear from from the the first minute that. Um, in my opinion, it would be absolutely wrong of me, and it's not my place to, in any way, shape, or form, interfere with the, you know, the day-to-day -day management of the of, of of the first team. So, you know, as we all know, Graham is more than capable of 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 you know, and I'm, I've got absolute, complete faith that Graham, along with obviously Brian and John and the rest of the staff and the players, will will go on to be unbelievably successful on the pitch um i will have you know um some input alongside graham with regards to um you know potentially some recruitment decisions um you know strategic strategic decisions if you like as to the the structure of of, of how we do things um but you know graham's in charge of first team affairs and and that's not my realm anymore. And um, my job is to support Graham as best I can, along with all the other staff, in order to facilitate the best environment, the best working conditions. Uh, you know, hopefully the best resources for them to go on to be to be successful. And uh, <clears throat> the second part of his question was about the academy. What's your yeah. role going to be with the academy? I assume it's going to be slightly different there, um, but. Yes, I've, I've had lots of really good conversations with, you know, the likes of Wes Brown, Jamie Williams, Mike Slater. Um, and, you know, they're all forward thinking, progressive people with with great ideas. Again, you know, in terms of culturally, I want to try and foster um, a culture of, you know, creative thinking and, you know, bold ideas, um, you know, open communication within our organization both internally and you know as i've tried to do already with with, with fans and and everybody else and to to understand the power of conversation to appreciate the power of conversation and to celebrate you know creative thinking and, and ideas and you know jamie wes and mike are some of the best thinkers we've got within the football club and some of the you know i think the, the challenges that the the COVID crisis has 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 laid upon us have really highlighted just how um, creative um, Jamie Wes and Mike and and all the other academy staff are in terms of finding ways to to beat those challenges and to to keep a a really stimulating environment for for the, for the players that they deal with uh, to keep the momentum going uh, of the programs themselves. We've had some really good conversations about how we progress, you know, strategically de develop the, the the academies, and um, you know, we'll we'll outline our plans in a bit more detail moving forwards. But I'm I'm happy to you know, happy to share with everybody that um, we've had discussions around the expansion of the 16 and 19 academy, looking ahead to September, 
about the possible relocation of the academy um, from from First Cloud Arena to uh, Hart and Westall minus minus welfare. Um, we've had some really productive conversations with the Sunderland College, the hierarchy at the Sunderland, at Sunderland College, and um, and also, you know, we, we then will look forward to introducing our fourth cohort of. Um, student athletes at the Futures Academy at Mortimer Community College. So we'll now be up to you know, somewhere in the region of 65 students within that program starting wow. September. Um, so it's all it's all really positive, really, really positive stuff. And I know Jamie and Wes and, and Mike are, and Blair Adams and you know are, are all really looking forward to what the what the future holds within our academy setup and um, I think we've we've made enormous strides in a really short period of time, and uh, but our mantra is always to continue to try and be better, and you know that mantra is, you know, in part, originally come from from you know the likes of Wes and, and Jamie, who who in particular who've been with us a long time now and have been right at the heart of of, of that push. Yeah, <clears throat> fabulous, uh, excellent. I guess John Smith, Chris. Yeah, just before we move on to John's question, Lee, I just want to ask in terms of the students, the, the players in the academy, yeah. um, the, the educational side of what they do, I, 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 will, have they been able to maintain their studies throughout this? Yeah, so obviously, you know, that's not our direct responsibility, you know, that, that in terms of the... Um, the educational program that would still fall within the remit of Mortimer College um, at, at 11 to 16 and, and Sunderland College. Um, so I guess they're in the same boat as, as all the other educational institutions across the land in terms of you know remote learning and uh, and engaging with with students from a distance, so to speak. But as has been you know widely outlined um, in the in the last few days, hopefully that you know this this light at the end of the tunnel very shortly and, and pupils will return um, yeah. to the classroom so to speak and and we can we can enjoy at least within an educational setting quite a quite a quick return to some level of normality super yeah john um john smith um has asked um something that you might already be aware of if he's i know he's made contact with the club in the past about this asking about the online shop selling more um more club wear, yeah. Just, well, um, merchandise in general. Um, he sees this as a, a money maker, and um, in in general, the the selection online and and on various platforms hasn't been the biggest, hasn't been the greatest. Yeah. Is that yeah. is the online merchandise, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, been part of what you've been up to over the last three or four months? A hundred percent. So you know. Yes, it's um, there's been a level of functionality, so to speak, uh, in terms of online uh, an online platform for our fans to you know to uh, purchase and, and access uh, merchandise and, and other I guess you know what your class is white label goods. Mm -hmm. Although again, the the range has been quite limited. So there's a there's a number there's a there's a number of things, and um, again, I'm I'm trying to quickly think on my feet here and work out what exactly I, to what level of detail I'd like to share stuff at this particular stage because we are 
you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time with Dan Prince talking about the schedule of communication from the club about yes. various various things and, and various initiatives and new relationships um, and partnerships that we've that we've uh, worked on over, over the last few months. So I guess at this stage, I, I'm happy to just to say that um, there's going to be a, a big change on on the merchandise um, and um, in terms of who our kind of key commercial partners are moving moving forwards at the club. Yeah. And you know, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, in my opinion, it will represent a huge stride forward in terms of our um, commercial reach, in terms of our commercial functionality, um, and in terms of a shopping experience, shall we say, um, from 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 an online perspective, um, we've got we've we've um, we've got some really exciting things to to communicate to the fans um so there will be the, the that will be communicated um in in a lot more detail over the over the next few weeks um but needless to say we've obviously heard that feedback from fans uh, you know on on numerous occasions and we've done something about it and we feel like going into next season we'll be in a fantastic place um, and and that will be one one of many, many elements of the club that will really jump to the next level next year. Fabulous. So if I put um, something like South Shields pyjamas on Meek Santa list next Christmas, would I expect potentially to get something along those lines? I don't know. I'm, I've been really upset over the last couple of years, I have to be honest. Well, Chris, I, I can I can see it happening. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. We might even uh, we might even get your good self to, to model them for us. And uh, I wouldn't. I'm sure, I'm sure that will uh, result in a huge upturn in sales. I wouldn't. I've put a stone and a half on. I, I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. Um, also from John, before we move on to a question from, I know Ronnie's got a question from Chris Duke. Um, John's asking about the beaming of matches into the bar. Um, home and away. Now we might have discussed this previously privately. I, I, I'm not sure, Lee, but about the the beaming of matches on the big screens in in the bar area or bar areas. Um, but away games too. But I think away games would be difficult. Um, it's there's, there's it's obviously legal. some there's some regulations and and licensing issues around. Um, obviously, they've been lifted given the the circumstances that we've all had to operate under due to the COVID crisis. But um, I would imagine once we re- once we do return to a level of normality next season, which fingers crossed it's looking like we will do, then um, the streaming of I think this, well. It's difficult for me to comment at this stage, obviously, but if I was to guess, I would say the streaming of games would be somewhat problematic. Um, yeah. to, to you know, to, to, if you're talking about a, a situation where fans could congregate at the club if they can't make it to an away game um, in order to watch it, then I'm not sure if, if we're going to we're not if we're able going to be able to do that. Yeah, I think the beaming of home games into the bar yeah um that and i'm, I'm thinking here obviously the announcement of the new stand that yeah. you made with the prov- provision of corporate um, executive boxes yeah um 
would would that be something that the club would be allowed to do? Because it could potentially be a, a money maker in, in the fact that some fans who might not want to stand in the cold and go in the bar and drink beer instead, but can still watch the match, um, like they do in all sorts of professional grounds. Yeah, no, I know where you're coming from, and again, I think there's there's just maybe some uh, some a lot of, a lot of things from a technological point of view that we would have to work through. Um, actually, Ronnie, you, you might be better placed <laughs> to to, uh, to to have a guess as to whether that's um, you know 100% possible. I, I know from conversations with Dan, and I know he's um, worked with uh, with the likes of Martin on the on the streaming, and, and um, I think at present there would be a, a, a sizable delay in terms of time i don't know yeah yeah um, between the live action and the 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 replay if you like on the yeah. on the screens so look it's something we'll we'll look at again you know just in terms of in terms of generally speaking um one of my biggest campaigns if you like has been centered around how do we make the match day experience even better and if that is something that potentially makes the match day experience even better, then it's something we should give some some time and energy to. And if we can do it, then we'll do it. And if we can't, then we can't. Fair enough. Ronnie, you've got a couple of questions from Chris Duke. Yeah, I was just going to add, add a point to that. I have a feeling that the, uh, the streaming um, limitations, I think the genie might be out of the bottle. Oh, because those those limitations are so old, mm-hmm. because it was just to get people to go to, to football matches, um, like bigger football matches with bigger crowds. But now that streaming is so much now in our culture, I'd be surprised if they if they put that restriction back on. But I guess we have to wait and see. Yeah. I do think that the genie might be out of the bottle, but hopefully, hopefully they don't restrict it, and we can do that for away games because that would be. That would be great for everyone. Yeah, I don't know what the league's um, what the league's stance on it would be. Whether they would look at it from the perspective of is that then intentionally persuading fans to stop travelling to other 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 clubs' grounds? And yeah. you know, I know obviously a lot of clubs enjoy when when the play sell shields because oh, yeah. we obviously bring it you know a fantastic following with us. So. Yeah. I don't know what the league stance on that would be, but we'll wait and see. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Two questions from Chris Duke. Uh, the first one is, Chris wants to get some clarity on the contract situations for the players, full-time, mm. part-time, especially in the context of some players that have gone out lo- on loan to uh, higher leagues or leagues in a higher position than us. Uh, what's the status with contracts? Anything you can share? That's a difficult one. And um, in terms of, um, again, it's I, I always want to be as open and as transparent as I possibly can. I, th- I feel it's important that we communicate often and openly with um, as many people at the club as we possibly can. But there's obviously some things that are that are of a sensitive nature um, because, again, um, sometimes putting things out in the public domain can actually compromise our position as a club. Yeah. Um, 
So all I would say, I, I don't really want to talk about individuals, contractual situations. Well, you wouldn't expect it. Yeah, yeah. If you don't mind, all I will say is that the vast majority of the squad that have that have been with us this season are are already tied up for at least at least next season. So, um, yeah. so was there ever moving? You know, we'll talk about going on loan to higher level clubs, which obviously some of the lads have gone on loan to the National League North clubs to get game time or training, yeah. which obviously again has been kind of hasn't been ultimately successful. Um, was there ever a worry? I think Chris has also intimated. Like, was there ever a worry that one or two might like to make that arrangement more permanent at those higher clubs, or was it always just you're going for training, you're going for game time? Yes, I think. Look, it depends with which kind of lens you look at things through. I mean, we like to think again. Some people might think we're, we're we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but we like to think that the environment and the the club that we that we have here at South Shields is somewhere where hopefully, well, we know that the players really really appreciate and and, and enjoy. Yeah. Um, so if we approach everything with, oh, you know, let's keep everything under wraps because we're worried in case people go. Look again, it's the age-old adage: if if somebody wants to be elsewhere, then then we don't want we don't want to have them with us. Of, of course, yeah, of course. And, you know, it, it'd be it'd be wrong of us if players did have the opportunity, given the fact that we can't offer them football here at South Shields at this moment in time. It would be wrong of us to step in the way of, of, of opportunities elsewhere um, in order just to have that kind of protective men mentality when really you could argue there's a we have a we have a, a duty of care to you know lads are really really missing playing football and you know their, their mental uh, you know their mental health is is in some way shape or form being affected by not being able to do the thing that they love so you know, there's lot, there's lots of reasons why we wouldn't stand in the way of players going out if the opportunity arose uh, and go and play at a higher level in order for them to play football. I think. Uh, before we ask, sorry, go on, Lee. Sorry. So I was just going to add one final point, and that is, you know, when we do get back to playing football, the more the more players that have had less time off from playing the game, then then hopefully the better for us as well. Yeah, before Ronnie, before you ask Chris's other question, I think it'll be right for me to just say there's a question from Adam via Twitter, SSFC Adam. Um, he's asking just with the likely null and void on the horizon. His question is, can we keep the big players whose contracts are who might be up or or whatever? And I think you've answered that. I think we've answered your question, Adam, in that um, the vast majority of players who are contracted for the you know will be there next season. Um, if we haven't answered that for you, Adam, let us know and we'll ask it in a different way, I think. Um, Ronnie, Chris's second question. I think you'll like this one, Lee. It's a proper uh, one for a chief executive. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of share, um, shareholder money raised, is yeah. this ring-fenced for projects like ground development? Yeah. Or could it be used for work and capital? I think I think we've been quite open about this. I think yeah. you know both. Both. There's um, before we even embarked on the the, the 
you know the initiation of the or the opening of the 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 CEDA campaign um, we had to we had to communicate as to you know how the funds were going to be appropriated once once that that campaign closed and um, we set out um, a certain percentage for ground development works and and that the the remainder would um, be be used for um, you know for working capital as as you, as you put it mm -hmm. I, I'm again I'm not going to be um, I'm going to be really open about this um, in a lot of respects that that cedar campaign couldn't have come at a better time yeah because um, we've obviously faced huge challenges financially um, that you know that money that we ring fence for the for the for the groundworks is, is still ring fence fence for the groundworks but without that additional um, part of money if you like on, on top of and and you know I think we've we've ended up ring fencing somewhere in the region of um, you know 170 thousand pounds for um, the ground development works to include you know the 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 pitch the pitch the, you know the the extensive pitch works that need doing um this close season the new perimeter fence the new tarmacking of all the walkways around the around the around the ground um which is a sub you know which is a substantial outlay um for you know for those for those three things and for the the work that we've already started on on repositioning the temporary stands that did exist along the Shaftesbury Avenue side of the ground to now um, create a, a new temporary covered terrace behind the factory end goal at the, at the ground, which again is just another another you know some might see it as a small improvement. I think it's a it's a really important improvement, um, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing the the fans' response when we when they do come back into the ground and. And seeing all the work that's been going on, but going back to the you know the work and capital point, um, you know there's no there's no hiding behind the fact that um, we've been a, a loss making entity during the uh, during the COVID crisis, and 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 I, I can't imagine how that would come as any sort of surprise to anybody, um, given given the, you know the decimation of our of our um you know revenues um at the at the football club um you know we are massively reliant on on gate receipts on you know match day spend um when we're now going to have to you know we're going to be massively affected in terms of sponsorship revenues um you know we've obviously got season tickets um again we, we're going to be making a, a really imminent communication around our our season ticket um policy you know given the large number of fans that are outlaid for the 2021 season which they've had you know next to virtually no value for money for so we have to we have to act and and in the in the right in the right way in order to compensate any fans who, who you know who who want who want their money back um for for you know value lost so to speak um so there's lots of financial challenges um and they will be ongoing they will have a 
a residual effect, a, a, a continuing effect. It, you know, well into next, well into next season, like I say, particularly on the on the sponsorship front, um, and so the the extra working capital we've had to draw on over the last few months in order to keep the in order to keep the club going. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. I think the the support for that um, Cedar scheme from from the fans and was was amazing. Absolutely, the amount of. It was staggering the amount that was uh, was raised, and like, like I say, although we didn't realise that, it's coming at a at a really good time to help the club out. And you know, I can speak for myself that <laughs> the reason I put in was not only to have my name on the bar, but uh, to to support the club in in whichever way we can, in whatever circumstances. So, You're lying, Ronnie. You only did it so you can have your name on the on the wall. It's all you did it for. <laughs> Don't lie. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> yeah, move on. Next question from Ian Smith. Um, given the success of the signing of Julio Arca in recent years, was that kind of signing a one-off or can the club actually, actually realise the next Julio equivalent? He's mentioned players like Aidan McGeady, etc. Um, I mean, seriously? Well, if you'd asked the question, you know, a couple of years prior to Julio yeah. signing for the club, everybody probably would have said, yeah, you're mad. But we we had the, you know, we had the incredible pleasure of, of, of having Julio at the club um, for those three years. And so never say never. Um, Look, it's again. If we've got to take just a, a view on on any on any player that um, we would potentially identify to, to strengthen our player playing ranks, in so much as um, does that player have the right skill sets that we're looking for, and uh, and can we afford them? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, but dollar question. But look, I think I think it's really fair to say that. Not only did did Julio bring some unbelievable quality to us on the pitch, but he raised the profile of the football club in a, in a number of ways. And you, you could you could argue that there was a a real commercial benefit to to making to making that sign. And so again, you, you've got to put all these things in the mix and, and and make a you know make a a balanced decision about whether whether it's the right thing to do. But it's um, you know. It, our recruitment policy, if you like, or strategy the last two, three years has been more centered around younger players who have probably got their best years, hopefully still in front of them. Um, but that's not to say that we've turned around and said, we're never ever mm. going to, you know, dip into the market for somebody that's coming towards the end of their career uh, who, who, could, who, who could give us that added leadership experience and, and quality that, that that we need. So that's we're very open minded about that. And if, if there was another Julio to come along then then uh, you know it would be absolutely amazing if, if we could get that kind of signing over the line. Smashing. Um Ronnie uh, Brian has asked a question. Yeah. So one from Brian Foster. So he asks about obviously Lee, you, you you've talked about your first months in in the role and how 
you kind of you just wanted to get an understanding from everyone that you could around but feedback of how what was good about the club, what was yeah. bad, what et cetera, et cetera. And I know you've met with a lot of a lot of people, including me and Chris. So Brian's question is, could you share any of that feedback, whether uh, good, bad, or indifferent? But I think just probably this, this, maybe some of the key themes that have come out of what of what the, you found out would be good to hear. Yeah, the, the 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 you know, there's been a lot of themes across, like I mentioned before, every, every element of pretty much every element of the club. Mm-hmm. Um, so I met with all the staff in internally on a one on a one-to-one basis and you know a lot of really productive conversations came out of that process but you know primarily uh, and i've said it to the staff you know i've said it a, a million times you know a lot of the staff that work in the office are probably sick of hearing me saying this but you know the the number one priority for me is to improve our customer spe- experience so to speak you know, and our and our main interaction with the fan base will always be on match days. So the match day experience has to be one of the primary things that we always have, you know, front and center in our minds um, as to as to how we can, you know, create a, you know, a, a, in my in my mind, a, a, you know, like a, a something that would be the envy of of clubs not just at our level but you know level levels above and, and in certain respects we, we've already we've already achieved that yeah. but again you know do we give our do we just sit there and give ourselves a massive pat on the back and say well done and 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 watch as other clubs catch us up so to speak or do we go right well what's the what's the next level for us you know how do we improve this how do we improve that literally you know like a, a no stone unturned kind of approach you know uh, I feel this is this is just how I, I tend to operate. You know, I, I I always, you know, some people accuse me of maybe being over analytical at the time, an overthinker. You know, if, if my wife was listening to this, she'd be nodding her head in, in <laughs> furious agreement. Um, but I just I just feel that um, that we've got an amazing opportunity at the club. Given the support that we have across the board from from fans, staff, you know, sponsors, and uh, you know, again, apologies if I'm kind of repeating things I've already you know mentioned in, in various statements and stuff. But you know, my job is to harness all of all of those skills, experience, strengths, you know, contacts, and 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 to utilise them in order to push the club onto the onto the next level. We cannot afford to stand still. Um, if we've got the best average attendance in, in in the league, then brilliant. But you know, I, I want us. I want us to be. I want us to get 500 fans extra in next season. You know, instead of us, you know, hovering around the 1600, 1700 mark as, as an average, can we get into the? Can we get into the 2000s? And yeah. we're already going. We can't just. We can't just hope. That that's going to happen we've got to give people a product an experience that is going to a make them come in the first place and b once they once they come keep them coming keep them coming back so obviously you know a, a large responsibility a large responsibility for executing that it falls on the, the shoulders of, of of graham and the guys on the pitch 
Yeah. Um, because if the football's no good, then we can be putting the best. <laughs> we, we have the we have the best bar experience, best you know you know half time you know entertainment you know whole host of other things. But if the football's yeah. no good, then we're then we're going to be struggling. But it, it's about us, you know, working together so that you know overall, you know people people can be immensely proud of 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 what we have at our at our club and that we are we are like you know seen as is almost being like a uh, an example for all other clubs in and around non-league football to to aspire to and I, and I and I and I don't mind saying that I don't mind setting our stall out at that le- that kind of level mm-hmm. because I think if you're going to do something you, you should always try and do it the best of your ability and the best that you can possibly do it. And I think that we've got we've got all the ingredients, you know. You know, we've got an amazing fan base, we've got amazing volunteers on match days, we've got great staff, you know, we play great football, you know, we've got exciting new plans for the stadium development. We've got people littered throughout the club with great ideas, creative minds, and you know. Why can't we be bold and groundbreaking and, 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 you know, like I say, set really aspirational targets moving forward? But, but in it, sorry, again, I know I've uh, kind of gone off piece a little bit there, but to answer Brian's question, and Brian, I'd just like to let you know that I've got a, a four-page dossier here sitting in front of me that uh, that you kindly sent in yourself um, via uh, Alison and, and Ken from the Supporters Alliance and, and you know, Massive respect to you. I really appreciate the, you know, the the feedback that that you provided, and it's certainly been, you know, really helpful and insightful to me, and it, it's helped to to shape some of the things that we've that we've looked at. So hopefully, um, hopefully, when I catch up with with you in person at uh, you know next season, um, you can give me some more feedback on whether you think we've done anything, you know, done anything to improve the the, the things that you've listed. Brilliant. Great. Thanks. I think there's a, there's just a, another addendum to uh, Brian's question around kind of understanding and maybe publishing the different themes that, that you've been fed back. But I assume that that will come out in the different initiatives that you set out in the communications. But he also asks, OK, so um, you talk to the staff and other other people around their views. How about expanding that out to the rest of the fan base, just in case there's something that's being missed that's important that the fan, uh, the rest of the fan base could input. Yeah, no, I understand where where Brian's coming from. I think, um, unfortunately, for anybody listening, if if I was to exhaustively answer that question, then we we could be here for a very very long long time. Um, but you know, I, I take that. I take that point on board, and um, I think what we're what we're planning on doing. Uh, I've spoken to Daniel Prince. Uh, we're planning on 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 setting up some some uh, some Q and A sessions for the fans, um, where we can jump on a you know a, a, a multiple person like Zoom call or, or whatever it might be. Uh, again, just to give more opportunities for 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 feedback, for conversation, for dialogue with yeah. the fan base. Um, so I really, really look forward to, 
you know, extending what we're doing here tonight with, with you guys to, to as many fans who are interested in, in participating and engaging with the club. Um, and again, it's just, you know, one of the things, this is almost a result of one of the bits of feedback that that was consistently coming out with the people that I talked to, that can we maybe be better as a club at, at communicating, at, at, you know, engaging with, with fans and with you know staff internally and you know, everybody else at the club in a in a more consistent manner um, and you know that's something that I've tried to follow through on. Lee, a question from Alan Richardson, and um, he hopes we don't lose players through lack of communication. He's been in communication with a player or two. He says, um, not sure if he's going to be with us next season. Um, I'd like to think we wouldn't lose through lose players through lack of communication, Lee. Um, well, no, definitely, definitely not. Um, you know, I know Graham, Graham, Brian, and John have, have um, you know been keeping in touch with with, with all the players. Um, obviously, you're not going to have as much contact as you as you would when you when you when you're meeting everybody three four three four times a week in in person, but. Um, I'm not sure exactly where, where you know, where the question's coming from in terms of, but well, all I can say is where we won't we won't lose any players through lack of communication, um, like at any other football club. Um, there'll always be a turnover, a certain turnover of players come the end of a season. Um, you know, for for football for footballing reasons, but the you know in terms of lack of communication, um, no, we'll, we'll not be losing any players because of lack of communication. Super, um, Ronnie, you've got a good question. Good question from Jim Taroni. Yeah, Jim Taroni. As a season ticket holder with a seat in an existing stand, will I be able to move across and hire a seat in the new stand? No, that's a that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, the, the the honest the honest answer. Well, the, the, there's there's going to be lots of seats <laughs> in, 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 in the new in, in the new stand, and um, we haven't bottomed out the you know the exact details in terms of um, how you know the, the mechanisms or the you know the. The, the policies, if you like, would put in place. But you know, people who have people who have had their seats in the current main stand, if they wanted to switch across to the other side of the ground and sit in the in the new main stand once it's once it's hopefully up and, and operational, then um, on the face of it, I don't see any reason why we can't facilitate that. And again, just almost shooting from the hip a little bit, I would imagine we would contact the people who have been seated um, in the old main stand as a almost the first port of call mm. to see um, what you know what they would like to do move, move, yeah. moving ahead and yeah. make sure that those those people um, are. Are accommodated and catered for, you know, as a priority group, if you like, and then and then whatever remaining seats we have, we would then open those seats up to to, to other potential uh, customers and fans. Great stuff. Thank you. Um, uh, a very interesting question 
from John Hardy. Um, with regards to COVID-19, obviously there's a lot of stuff going on in the media, social media, about the whys and wherefores of potential COVID-19 passports, stating if you've had the vaccine or not. Um, John, for instance, like a lot of others, would feel at ease and safe if he knew everybody who was in the, his vicinity had been immunised. Would it be possible, practicable and even legal for South Shields Football Club to implement a COVID-19 passport kind of framework next season? Again, Chris, you know, it's the first time I've, I've, I've heard the question um, and, you know, I, I can't give a definitive answer on the basis that we've had a discussion internally about this and gone through the ins and outs of it because we you know honestly we haven't my gut instinct would say that um it would be very very difficult to administer and enforce and i think we would we would just use as a as a um as a you know as a, as a, as a baseline kind of um Operating model, the 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 general guidance that is that is put out there generally to to the to the public. So if there are no longer any restrictions on large groups in an outdoor setting, then yeah. then we wouldn't, I would imagine, as a club, impose any any other any any restrictions ourselves or any caveats around. Um, yeah. What, you know what what people could or couldn't do um I, I understand people's concerns around um you know there's obviously it, it's affected a lot of a lot of people a lot of people's families you know that this 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 disease this virus and um people are very very sensitive to it and quite quite rightly so but i think um you know the vaccination program seems to be working really really well up until this point, I think all of the data that has come out of even countries outside of the UK that are perhaps even further ahead than we are, um, I'm, I'm talking particularly maybe countries like Israel, um, all of the data that it, that is coming out of, of, of those countries is suggesting that the efficacy of the the um, the, the vaccination programmes are every bit as effective as what clinical trials and tests have, have been and you know in a laboratory setting so to speak so you know up to like 96 percent somewhere in that that region you never ever we're never ever going to be in a position where we're going to be risk-free no. um yeah. so i think as long as people act with respect and you know in an appropriate appropriate manner then you know i i, I can't see us as a club imposing any any of our own bespoke restrictions or caveats around attendance attendance to games yeah. i guess john the answer to that is i think covid 19 passports only if the government insist um and that mm. would be a national kind of campaign i guess but i guess also the the whole idea of ending the current season is that by august the adult population of england will be completely vaccinated so yeah you know, unless unless you have you know turned down the offer of a vaccine but by august the adult population will be vaccinated um a question from me 
Lee, okay. is um, with the news that hopefully, fingers crossed, touching wood and everything else, by the third week of June, we shall be um, completely free of restrictions. I noted with interest um, that a few weeks ago, the club were look at, you know, making um, available the opportunity to hire yes. the um, function suites and hospitality areas. Yes. Um, what has been the uptake so far? Um, any, any interest so far? Really, really positive. Really positive with obviously within a really short time frame as well since we made since we made that announcement. You know, um, look, I'm not going to lie. Where we are hoping that people want to make up for lost time. Yeah, we have to make up for for lost, you know, revenues and um, you know. I, I must say, you know, I, I've had a lot of really good conversations with the likes of Colin Doherty, with Louise Hutchinson. Adam Will from the obviously the, the chef in the kitchen, um, you know Dan Prince, Steve Calm, obviously who's who, who's been um, coordinating the facility at at, at Hart and Westo, um, and you know we feel like we're we're gonna well we're already a long way down the road of of putting together a really strong strategy and um, some really strong marketing material um, to attract more and more clients guests fans to, to utilize and the fantastic facilities that we have at the club again hopefully those facilities are going to continue to be enhanced as we move forwards and that and that you know people see um you know even on non-match days the, the club being a, a a really good destination a really a really good venue for celebrating with with you know family friends and uh, colleagues and um you know, I think we're, we're, you know, we've come up with some really creative ideas around events that we can put on as a club that will hopefully attract, you know, a lot of a lot of um, a lot of fans um, back back to the club on non-match non-match days. I know, you know, going back to last summer again, a lot of really good work from Steve Cam when when he held the the you know the the music. The music event, live music event at Hart and Westall um, Sports Ground, Miners Welfare, which was really well received. And again, just opening up our scope of possibilities um, rather than just waiting for the phone to ring and for people yeah. to say, oh, you know, I want to book a, a 40th birthday party in, in one of the function rooms. You know, I mean, that's great. We'll continue to do that and we'll, we'll enjoy doing that, but we've got to. We've really got to push things on to the next level now, and 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 start driving some some serious custom. And that's not us. That's that's not us being trying to be greedy as, as a club. We're trying to run a we're trying to run a business so that we can facilitate the best experience on the pitch, off the pitch, continue to grow the club, um, but also you know to 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 give people fantastic memories not just on not just on match days but on non-match days as well so that the the club continues to be a massive massive part of people's lives in the community i suppose if you think it all wraps itself up because of what you're saying about the the ground redevelopment the tarmacking the the moving of the stand the yeah i suppose any it's it's always about first first um 
your, your first opinion on something, you know, what what do you think first, of something? First impressions, yeah. First absolutely. impression. If you are coming to First Cloud to a 40th birthday party, as you've just said, and you walk in the gate and, it, and you, you know, you've got those floodlights and you've got the tarmac, it's like, wow, new, new pitch surround instead of the rickety old one that we've got, no disrespect to it. Yeah. I suppose it, it just, everything that, everything that is being done is to do, to go in that direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, a question, I think, Ronnie, you and I would say this is a Mariners podcast question. Right. Because um, we sponsor this lad. Um, sure. How's Luke Daly? Yeah, it looks looks really really well. Um, I haven't spoken to Luke for, for for a few weeks. Obviously, my focus is slightly targeted else yes. elsewhere these days. But you know, Graham Graham tells me that he's happy with uh, yeah, Luke's happy with with with, with where he's at. Um, I know this might sound you know um, a, a bit strange, but in some respects, if you're going to get uh, the kind of injury that looks hard it's almost not come yeah i know what you're saying i don't, I don't want people to take this the wrong way but it's almost not come at, at, a, at, a, at a bad time in terms of if you actually look at the you know the time that he has been injured the number of games that he could have potentially missed yeah. versus the number of games that he has actually missed um you know i guess you look for you just look for silver linings don't you uh, i think for, for luke's kind of mental health it's probably a little bit better for him that when Saturday comes no one's playing rather yeah. than him being the only one that's stuck in the house yeah absolutely and yeah. again you know I've seen at first hand you know on, on pretty much a daily basis just how hard Luke Daly has worked to get himself back to where he needs to be and um, if anybody deserves a bit of luck moving forwards it's it's him, and if we can get, and I'm sure we will, if we can get the same player that we had before he got injured, then um, everybody's going to be, everybody connected to South Shields Football Club is going to be absolutely over the moon, and we thoroughly look forward to him, you know, donning the shirt uh, in the near future and uh, and and playing a big, big part of, of, of the team's success, uh, you know, in, in the coming years. Absolutely, yeah. it's almost like it'll almost be like having a new signing, won't it? Um, yes, yeah. Just think, yeah. wonderful, wonderful. Um, Lee, um, we've exhausted the questions for tonight. Okay. Um, thank you for your openness and honesty, Ronnie. Is there anything you would like to ask Lee before we close? Just one quick thing. It's a fun thing. It's just when you said about uh, making up for lost time. It just brought us back a memory after the FC United of Manchester game of 5-3. And we had, like, the best night at the club mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Because it was the first time we had karaoke on. So the question is, would it be possible to have a permanent karaoke machine oh. in the new bar? Ronnie, man. <laughs> well, look, you know, it, it, it's a... It's, you know, it, it raises a... You know, really, you know, a serious point, if you like, Ronnie, um, and that is, we've 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 dabbled a little bit in the past with, yeah. you know, offering different things post match to try and retain people, you know, at the ground for for, for as long as possible. Um, 
I think it's something. It's 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 in our it's in our interests and it's and it's the right thing for us to do to to make sure that, that becomes a regular a regular thing and that, yeah. like like you say that's 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 part of that's a big part of the attraction you know of course you know the football is a the the, the match is is massive you know we we want to have a continue to have a successful team that everybody's proud of. Um, in the town and, and, and around the club. Um, but we also want to see our home within the town as being somewhere where people feel just generally warm about and that, you know, they they want to spend not just the the two hours from the first kickoff, just before the, the, the kickoff till just after the final whistle. Yeah. They actually want to spend four hours, five hours, seven hours. Mm. The, <laughs> should I keep going, Chris? Well, what, what some, would Lisa, some, what would Lisa say? I have we have done twelve before. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember. Yeah, well, yeah, again, yeah. I think you know that's you, you speak. Uh, obviously, again, I've spoken to lots of fans. That's one of the biggest attractions to the to the away the fans that regularly go and, yeah. and uh, you know go to the away games. It's yes, of course. They love the game. They love supporting the team and the players and and the staff. Um, but they love just the camaraderie and the the the, the time spent with friends and yeah. and you know just generally speaking and enjoying enjoying themselves and making a making a day of it. Yeah, and it's so, a full day out, and it's. Yeah. I think it's kind of it's a release for everybody. We've already we've we've spoke about this on other podcasts with mental health and things, and it is just that release, the ultimate release. And 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 what's helped me over the last few weeks, in particular, is the fact that I've I've all like, I remember a year ago when when we started doing podcasts after the null and void fiasco, um, really getting myself all worked up, getting involved in stuff on 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 in social media and um my blood pressure was sky high, you know, and I've kind of this time round resigned myself to the fact that it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. probably, you know, I've thought we're not going to get any football until August. Um, and it's kind of helped me. It hasn't helped the club, of course. It hasn't helped any football club or any sports club for that matter. But I just, for my own clarity, I've got it in my head now that we'll be able to go back to football come pre-season. Good preseason and league football will be back in August. That that's and that's keeping that's keeping me kind of level at the minute. Yeah. Yeah. So, so guys out there, we hope we you've enjoyed this special edition of the Mariners podcast as much as we've enjoyed putting it together for you. Thank you very much to all the fans who have sent their questions in for us. Um, thanks. Lee, for taking time out of your your schedule at home there. Um, Your wife did nod when you said that earlier on. She was nodding in the background. Um, (laughs) No, she wasn't. I'm only kidding. Um, But thanks so much for taking time. Ronnie, as always, great company. Um, So only leaves me to say to all South Shields fans and all football fans and listeners, thanks very much for tuning in. Um, We wish we could do our usual monthly get-together, but it's not really possible at the moment for all sorts of reasons why not try ronnie and i's show on radio shields um 
and because um, we talk a lot of nonsense on there. But just before I say a final goodbye, final word from Lee. No, thanks to you both for for facilitating this. Just you know, just to quickly finish up. Um, I know we mentioned earlier about you know the the Q and A sessions that we're we're looking to embark on with with fans. Um, but if anybody, just generally speaking, moving forwards, if anybody does have any feedback, um, you know, ideas around how we can improve things at the club, then we we have the the info at southshieldsfc.co.uk um, email address, um, which I'm copied into everything that lands in that inbox. So if anybody's got any any personal um, feedback. Um, with regards to matters at the club, then, then please feel free to uh, to communicate those, and um, you know, we'd really appreciate that. Thank you, thanks everybody for tuning in. We will see you soon. I'm quite sure we're nearly there. We're nearly there. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you soon. Bye bye for now. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this Mariners podcast. There'll be another one along soon. Before you can see it, John Shaw. Come on, come on.